Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by Travel Physical Therapist Duo, Jared and Whitney. Join us each week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic, or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and are ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com recruiters. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our CEUs online. You can go to TravelTherapyMentor.com slash MedBridge to see our discount code. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash MedBridge. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com slash credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor live video. Hey everybody. Tonight we are coming to you live from Playa del Carmen, Mexico uh, with a job update. So it's been, a, I think, a little over a month since our last job update. We want to update you guys on how the travel therapy market is doing for February uh, and what we expect for next month. Um, it's been pretty good lately. Things are getting better. So we want to go over some, some of the actual numbers and some of the statistics that we've gotten from our recruiters. Um, and talk about what we've seen in terms of placements lately. So Whitney's gonna get this, or uh, I'm gonna get this video shared in a couple groups and Whitney's gonna introduce us. All right, hey everyone, my name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Cazaza. And we are both traveling doctors with physical therapy. Many of you guys may have tuned in for our videos in the past and we've actually been doing these job market updates for almost a year now. Um, so on our Travel Therapy Mentor page, we try to bring you guys new information about travel therapy every week or so. Um, we've read a ton of articles, we've recorded a lot of videos in the past. About a year ago, we started doing job market updates because there was some volatility that started to be introduced into our travel therapy job market. So back in early or late 2019, early 2020, we had some changes with Medicare, PDPM, and PDGM that affected the number of jobs that we were seeing in the travel therapy job market. And then of course, come March 2020, COVID hit, and there's been a lot of fluctuation in the travel therapy job market. So. Thank you guys for those that have tuned in in the past for our job market updates. Hopefully they've been helpful to you. Um, hopefully tonight's video for February 2021 will help guide you if you're thinking about getting into travel therapy in 2021, help you with some decision making. And if you're a current traveler or someone who's just trying to figure out, you know, what should you do in terms of your own job searches and negotiations moving into 2021, hopefully we will be able to give you some insights and help you with those decision making plans. So for those of you guys that are tuning in live with us tonight on Facebook Live, we would love if you'd say hello in the comments and let us know who you are. Let us know if you're a current traveler, if you're someone who's thinking about doing travel therapy. Um, we'd love if you'd say hi and just let us know that you're watching. Uh, if you are watching later on the Facebook replay, you can hit that thumbs up button, uh, type hashtag replay in the comments, let us know you watched. And I know a lot of you guys like to listen later on our podcast, so thank you for those of you that will listen later as well. We appreciate it. Um, as Jared mentioned, he's going to share our video in a couple of groups so that more people can tune in with us live tonight, and then we'll dive into telling you a little bit more about the job market. As Jared mentioned, we are in Mexico right now. We're traveling in Mexico for fun. Um, many of you guys that have been keeping up with us on social media might already know that, that we're um, traveling in Mexico for fun. We're not working in Mexico. We don't work internationally as travel therapists. Um, we do work online on our online business at Travel Therapy Mentor, but other than that, we're just relaxing. Um, we're staying socially distanced on the beach and in our hotel room and just kind of hanging out in Mexico for the next couple months. So, so far so good. Hey Rory, thank you for joining. Rory says, I was a former travel PTA. I'm currently working full time due to job market fluctuations. Thanks for joining Rory. Yeah, you're not alone. Um, a lot of people end up going perm in 2020 and 2021 because of the job market fluctuations. And I know there's a lot of people like you, Rory, that are thinking about jumping back into the travel therapy job market. So hopefully tonight's update will be helpful. Um, hi, Johnson, looking to get started at Travel PT soon. 
Hi Leah, uh, thinking about doing travel therapy after graduation. Thanks for joining Leah. We've, we've mentored a lot of new grads lately as they're thinking about getting into travel therapy this year. So hopefully this will be helpful. Hi Naya. Naya wanted to know if we drove or flew to Mexico. We flew to Mexico. We started in the Cancun area um, and we were coming from our home state of Virginia. So we didn't um, fly, uh, drive over from like the Southwest or anything like that. We flew and uh, yeah, we'll be kind of hopping around the Yucatan, the Quintana Roo area. We went from Cozumel to Playa del Carmen. We'll go to Tulum uh, next. Went from Cancun to Playa del Carmen. What did I say? Cozumel. Cozumel. Oh, well, we're going to go to Cozumel, and then we'll probably fly over to the West Coast and do Puerto Vallarta later. Yeah, um, and actually, we were nervous about flying, but our flight had seven other people on it. So it was the uh, most spaced out flight we've ever been on by far. It was, uh, it was actually really good. Yeah. So jumping into tonight's topic about the travel therapy job market. So I know a lot of you guys are anxiously awaiting for us to come on here and tell you that everything is back to normal. Yeah. So, you know, things are definitely not back to normal, but there are some silver linings and all this. We want to cover some of the, the current statistics and everything. Um, we were very nervous coming into January because January is historically, if you guys have watched our videos in the past, it's historically a very difficult time for the travel therapy job market. Uh, there's a variety of reasons for that. One, there's a lot of people looking for jobs in January. Also, budgets are not set sometimes in January, so they're a little. Uh, some some facilities might be uncertain about what their exact budget is, so they don't want to hire a traveler not knowing how much they're able to spend for the year. Those kind of things cause a lot of difficulty in January. So usually, there's fewer jobs, more travelers looking, and it makes the market really tough. Well, knowing how difficult 2020 was for travelers. We were nervous that already difficult job market combined with uh, this lull in January that we call it um, might be a big problem for the, the market. Um, the good news is we really didn't see that at all. Uh, basically, January was a continuation uptrend um, from what December had been and what pretty much every single month since probably June or July of 2020 has been just a gradual uptrend, which has been a very good thing. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, with COVID cases actually increasing, unfortunately, across our country, there was the risk that our job market would actually take a turn for the worse again, because we had heard some chatter about, you know, if these job number, if these um, COVID cases keep getting worse, what if hospitals go back to canceling elective surgeries? You know, that could actually mean a detriment again to our job market where it could plummet again. Fortunately, we're not seeing a lot of that. We did hear some chatter about maybe a couple hospitals here or there delaying some surgeries while there was a surge in cases around the holidays. But fortunately, um, in our research through talking to several different recruiters across several companies, some leaders in our industry, we're not seeing that on a big scale, which is really good. We're not seeing on a big scale any mass delay in um, elective surgeries, which we all know if elective surgeries get cut off, it has a huge impact on physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech language pathologists work, um, where it goes from the whole spectrum of the therapy that we can provide in the medical setting. Um, so luckily we didn't see that. So we didn't see a downtrend, but since last month, we haven't seen a huge uptrend. It's been about the same over the last month or so with maybe a slight uptick. Yeah, which in our, our opinion is very good news because we were expecting a baseline. Expectation was a decrease. So for it to be the same, slightly improved um, and just gradual improvement since around June or July is, is a very good thing. Uh, we're definitely on the right track here. As we go into spring, I think things will get a lot better. More people vaccinated, um, less uncertainty is going to be very good for the market. So I think at this point, um, I think it's fairly safe to say we've seen the worst of uh, worst of the job impacts from COVID. I think it's mostly uphill from here yeah. or downhill from here. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some kind of numbers that we got across different companies. Now we work with about 10 different staffing companies. So we interviewed over 10 companies, talked to some different managers, upper level management, recruiters who are on the ground working, um, some other um, mentors and influencers in our community. And we got a lot of input to bring you guys the best overall picture. Now we did get varying responses. So the big thing here is we need to think about two main factors when we talk about the job market. First factor is number of jobs available. And we got some varying responses, which we will share with you. Second thing is number of candidates or therapists looking for jobs. So these are the main things. It's like how many jobs are there out there and how many people are there looking for jobs? Yeah, those are big factors. And like, like I said, in January, normally we have the worst of those two factors. We have less jobs and more travelers looking. Uh, luckily, this January, 
jobs probably stayed about the same and there's actually seems to be less travelers looking now. Either they took permanent jobs or um, you know, they're taking PRN jobs, they're traveling, they're doing you know, something like we're doing, but there's less people looking now, which means that we're seeing more people placed and there's more demand for the number of jobs available. Huge improvement because all through 2020, we were at the worst of both ends on the spectrum. So right when COVID hit in around March, early April, it was just rock bottom because jobs plummeted. All these jobs were like, no, we don't have any caseload, so we're gonna cancel all these travelers. We're not gonna ask any more travelers to come. They were laying off permanent staff, so job numbers went way down. And then there was this huge volume of people who were unemployed all looking at the same time. So it was the worst of the worst from about March 2020 until about July, August 2020. And it's been slowly an uptrend since August where a lot of people kind of settled back into permanent jobs where they weren't necessarily looking for travel jobs or they were able to find travel assignments and get going. So now we have kind of back to a normal amount of candidates looking for travel jobs, kind of like in a normal year and only a slightly decreased amount of jobs. Now, in terms of job availability, Across the spectrum, when we asked people, um, asked all these different recruiters and company leaders, where do you think we are percentage-wise? You know, we'd like to have a number. We got some varying responses, but what we gathered as an average is for PT and OT, we're at about 50% of normal job numbers. Yeah, and that range, depending on the company, the size of the company, the clients of that company, they we got responses anywhere from like 35 to like 75. There was a wide, wide range, which tells you, again, we, we always harp on this, but that's why it's so important to work with more than one company. If you're working with one of those companies that, that's only at 35% of their low point, like 35% higher than their low point, that's not many jobs. Um, so you need a variety of companies. Yeah, so across the board, PT and OT is about 50% or so of normal jobs. And what we're comparing our normal to was back in the end of 2019, before PDPM, before PDGM, and before COVID. So we're at about 50%. Um, so for example, the number of jobs for PT and OT, maybe it used to be in the upper 200s to 300s. At any given time, if you asked a recruiter, how many jobs are there for travel PTs in the entire country? They'd say upper 200s into the 300s. Now they're saying anywhere between about 80 to 100, maybe 150 on the high end of PT jobs. Um, whereas OT is looking more between like 40 and 80 OT jobs. So again, kind of in that 50% range for our PTs and our OTs. Yeah, this is all over the country. So obviously some states are going to have more jobs than others. Um, some states are going to have absolutely zero jobs, but just on an average across the country to get an, an idea of where the market is compared to where it was. Now, again, PDPM, PDGM had a big impact on the market before COVID ever hit. So this time last year, we're probably close to 70 or 80% of where we were this time last year, which is very good news because it was already a, a sort of depressed number just based on um, PDM, PDPM and PDGM. Yeah. Now for our assistance, we have seen a slight increase. We've definitely heard about more assistance getting placed and more assistant uh, CODA and PTA jobs this last month than we had seen like all last year, but we're still down. We're still hearing that PTA and CODA jobs are in that like 10 to 20 jobs at any given time range, which back before they wouldn't have had quite that 200 to 300 jobs that PT and OT would have had, but they definitely would have had more than 10 to 20. So times are still tough for PTAs and CODAs, but it's slightly better than it was the last nine months. Yeah, and you know, we have a, a I guess a relatively small sample size, but of the people that we work with that we help find jobs, we've gotten more uh, assistance place than almost ever before, re at least recently, which has been really good. Um, and that might just be partially luck. It might just be, you know, things fell into place really perfectly, but still that's a, it's a very good, good trend that we're seeing. Yeah. And when Jared says place, that means that people, uh, physical therapist assistants and CODAs that we've mentored, that we've helped get placed into jobs lately, which is a really good sign because we mentor thousands of therapists and help them to get connected with recruiters, get placed into jobs. So the fact that of those thousands that we work with, we've seen an increase in our friends who are PTAs and CODAs getting jobs. That's great news. It's still tough out there for PTAs and CODAs though. Now, on the other hand, SLP jobs, speech language pathologist jobs are almost just as strong as ever. We're pretty much hearing it's back to almost 100% of normal job volume. 
and job availability for SLPs. So normally you're having 250 to 300 plus SLP jobs back in normal times, and we're pretty much seeing just around 300 um, across the board. SLP jobs are very strong. Yeah, SLPs were not impacted much at all by COVID. It's pretty much been a strong market throughout. Um, at one point, I think they were probably above where they were prior to COVID. So. SLP, still a wonderful, wonderful time to travel. Yep. So again, these job numbers are going to vary significantly depending on the company. Um, you know, I spoke to one of our smaller companies that we like because they kind of have a niche area. They, they maybe only have a smaller number of jobs, but they have some of those really essential jobs that maybe some of the other companies don't have. Now, for a small company like that, they don't see these huge volume of jobs. So they were saying... Before, we were going days without getting any new PT and OT orders, and now we're at least getting one or two orders a day, and that's great for us. Yeah. And that is really good for them as a, as a company, whereas our bigger companies might be saying, we're getting 40 to 60 new PT and OT jobs a day, which is great, um, whereas before they might have gotten 100 to 200 plus per day. Now, that's one side of the equation is like, how many are they getting per day? The other part of it is how many are just sitting open? And this tells us a little bit about how competitive the job market is, right? So back a year and a half, two years ago, you might see a job sit open for a week if it was a little bit less desirable, right? Whereas like maybe if it was a super desirable job, it'd be gone in a day. Well, back when COVID hit, it was like, you get five new jobs, by the next day, those five jobs are filled. You get 10 new jobs, by the next day, those 10 jobs are filled. Now, with the competition is not quite as high as it was before, so they're still filling pretty quickly. They're still turning over relatively fast. But when I see a company telling me we're only getting 40 to 60 new jobs a day, but our whole list, we have about 150 on there. Well, that means they're not turning over quite as quick. There are some jobs that are still sitting there for a little while, which means they're less competitive. Yes, that is very true. Um, we're going to go through some of these comments. We're getting a bunch of comments. If you guys have any comments, questions, feel free to ask them. We'll cover those at the end. And if you can, please like this video. The more engagement, likes, comments we get, the more people that see the videos. Absolutely. So again, just to kind of recap, across the board, when we're gathering all this data and comparing across companies, a pretty good estimate here is that we're at about 50% um, of the normal job numbers for PT and OT, a little lower than that for PTA and CODA, and almost at 100% of job numbers for SLP. This is really great, but yes. it definitely doesn't tell us the whole picture. That's only job numbers. Um, competition is the other factor. Yeah, so you always have to consider how many people are looking, um, and it appears that, like we mentioned, a lot of people are dropping out of the travel market for whatever reason. Um, Probably a lot of those people but at this point are, maybe they're frustrated with the job search. It has been very difficult for the last six, well, really six to nine months. Um, so maybe they've dropped out of the market completely. Maybe they found permanent jobs, PRN jobs, um, but that makes the competition less for the travelers that are looking, which for us travelers is a good thing. Yeah. Now, what about some other factors when it comes to the job market? Not just the jobs that are out there, but are the jobs any good? Now, this is another thing we need to consider. Unfortunately, they're still telling us across the board that job um, bill rates or the amount that they're paying for the jobs, the amount that the hospital or the clinic or the facility is offering for these jobs is actually trending down. It's a little bit lower than normal. Um, or I shouldn't say trending down. It's about the same as it has been, but it's a lot lower than pre-COVID. Yeah, the bill rates that we've seen are still depressed. Um, again, that is a product of supply and demand. If there are a lot of applicants looking for a small number of jobs, then the facilities can offer a lower bill rate, which means lower pay for us as travelers. Yeah. So keep that in mind. If you are getting low pay offers right now, it might not be that anyone's trying to take advantage of you specifically. It might just be that, you know, the bill rate is lower right now than it was before. And on average, it's that's leading to probably about $100 a week less take home than prior to COVID. Yeah. And we're hearing this across the board. We're hearing this from many companies, many industry leaders. So it's not just one recruiter, one yeah. company trying to lowball you. They're saying the clients, which when they say the client, they mean the hospital, the nursing home, the school, you know, the clinic, they're paying lower. And the travel therapy companies can only pay you so much depending on what is called the bill rate, how much the facility is willing to offer. And this is kind of a bummer because we saw all through COVID and even now, disciplines like nursing, we saw their bill rates skyrocket. We saw all these nursing jobs where it's like, they're making so much money. You know, shouldn't we be making that money? You know, we're also working with some COVID patients. We're also putting ourselves at risk by working with patients. 
shouldn't we make more? Yeah. And so it's been a bummer for us as therapists to see that, but unfortunately it's just the way it has been. It is frustrating. Uh, I know a, a travel nurse particularly that has worked since March making consistently somewhere between five and 6,000 a week since March. So he has saved a ton of money as a travel nurse right now. And uh, for PTs, those jobs just don't really exist. PT, OT, SLP, all of therapy, and, and it just has to do with the supply and demand. Like there are more therapists looking for jobs than there are jobs available. So the facilities have no incentive to pay more money. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but that's really how it is. Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of assistant jobs, PTA and CODA jobs somewhere in the like eight, nine, a hundred, $1,000 a week range. We've seen a lot of PT and OT jobs in the 14, 15, 16 to $1,700 range. It's been very rare to see PT and OT jobs up in the $2,000 range. Like you might've seen in the past, it's pretty much only gonna be in California, probably in home health, and then in very rare instances in other locations where you're gonna see those 2,000 plus rates for therapists right now. Yeah, a lot of the rates we're seeing are more in the 15 to 1,700 range, take home, and that's even in California, which historically pays a lot more than that. Um, we've seen some California jobs paying in the 15s right now, which is, it's kind of absurd for, for California. Yeah. So guys, I know that's a bummer. I know it's disappointing, but unfortunately it's just the way that it is right now. It's the way that it is across the board. It's the way that it is across the country. So don't feel like when you're going through your job search and you're going through your negotiations, this goes for our current uh, traveler friends and our friends that are thinking about getting into travel. Don't feel like you're being lowballed. It's just kind of the way the market is right now. And, you know, hopefully we always tell people it's like, maybe you don't want to take a job for 1500 a week. Maybe you're like, that's too low. I'm just going to wait until a really good job comes up. Unfortunately, the way the job market is right now, you might be waiting a long time. Yeah. It's better to go ahead and take a job that's 1500 or 1600 a week than to wait one, two, three weeks until a higher paying job does or does not come around. Yeah. And, and it really depends on your personal situation. If you are in a situation where, you know, you can kind of take it or leave it in terms of jobs and you want to wait for a really high paying job, then that's great but you just have to understand the trade-off there. You might be waiting longer for a job. If that's okay with you, then great. If not, then you might want to look at some of these lower paying jobs, even if it's not ideal. Yep. So that's kind of where we're at, unfortunately, on pay and bill rates, still kind of stagnant. We haven't seen it go back up to pre-COVID levels yet. Um, we'll definitely let you know when we start to see it trending upward, but that's kind of where we're at right now. Now, in terms of settings, we're still really heavy on skilled nursing and home health. Those are by far the most prevalent jobs, and home health is definitely still paying on the higher end, which is good news. SNF is definitely paying on the lower end, unfortunately. Um, outpatient jobs are still very hard to come by. We are seeing more. We, we posted our hot jobs list today, and we had quite a few outpatient. We're seeing a lot more like hospital outpatient or inpatient outpatient split. Uh, we've seen some like critical access hospitals, which if you're not familiar, critical access hospitals are your more rural, small town hospitals. They have to be um, far enough away from any other major major medical it center. It might be like 50 miles. It's a, it's a certain like number that. of miles away. To be defined as a critical access. And generally when you work at a critical access hospital, you're going to be doing more than one setting. It's kind of like you do inpatient and outpatient and skilled nursing all in one. So we're seeing more jobs like that where you have an opportunity to work an outpatient for PT or OT than we are seeing like private practice outpatient. And we have to think about why that might be. Well, private practice outpatient, especially for physical therapy or OT for hands, they're having a lot more volatility right now. Again, it goes back to they're worried, what if elective surgeries get slowed down again? Or what if the general public is afraid to come out because of increasing COVID numbers? We're not sure about our caseload and we're not sure about our budget as a private practice. So they might be less inclined right now to hire travelers, you know, and, and there's a risk there. If they had to pay a lot of money for a traveler to come, so they might be trying to avoid having travelers. So that's one factor that could be leading to us not seeing so many private practices. Yeah, pri private practices have really been hurt bad by COVID. I have a lot of friends that are private practice owners uh, for PT and they're struggling. Like some of them are out of business. Some of them have been closed for a long period of time. So they're just not really in a position, or most of them, to have the caseload and the certainty to even bring a traveler on. So we're seeing very, very, very few private practice outpatient jobs. Yeah. Um, now we have seen more acute care jobs. We're still seeing some schools. So school therapy is still there. A lot of the school therapy has gone to like telehealth. So that's an opportunity there for you guys that are 
interested in doing schools, if you have school and pediatric experience, sometimes you have some opportunities to get telehealth contracts. We've even seen some telehealth contracts for especially like SLPs and OTs that are fully remote. Like they don't even need you to be in the area of the school. That was kind of interesting to see with COVID. That was new. Yeah. Um, we had one traveler friend, Catherine, who was just completely working remotely and her and her husband were actually just traveling around in their RV and she was just doing remote telehealth. She didn't even have to be near the school district. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of unique opportunities. Um, you know, companies are trying to pivot and change things as they're able to, to offer positions and keep patients being seen and things like that. So we will probably see more of those unique type of opportunities as we go forward. Yeah. So what about other factors in terms of travel therapy contracts? Um, another factor we asked our recruiters and the company leaders about is guaranteed hours because part of being a travel therapist is the risk that you take on in moving to a new place to take on a new job. So it's better when we have what's called guaranteed hours in our contracts. And you guys that are current travelers know all about guaranteed hours. And if you're like us, you try to always take jobs that guarantee 40 hours. Yeah. Unfortunately, when COVID happened, guaranteed hours went out the door. They were like, we can't guarantee that that we can pay you because we can't guarantee we're going to have a caseload. So we were for the first time seeing some contracts guarantee zero hours. Yeah, and to give you guys an, uh, an idea of what it was like for our five and a half years of traveling, we never took a job that didn't have 40 hours guaranteed between the two of us, we never did. Then COVID happened and there was, the jobs between like March and July, the jobs that were open were almost none of them were guaranteed hours. Now that is coming back a little bit, but it's still nowhere near where it used to be. So we're seeing some that have 30-hour guarantees, 25-hour guarantees, 35-hour guarantees, occasionally 40-hour guarantees, but uh, there's much fewer jobs guaranteeing hours now than, than prior to COVID. Yeah, it, from what we heard, the last couple months that has been getting better. We have been seeing more of those like 30, 32-hour guarantees, but not as common to see 40-hour guarantees. So that goes back to you guys when you're thinking about these contracts you're being offered and you're thinking about your contract negotiations and you're like, I've been a traveler for three years. I'm used to seeing these pay packages in 1800s and I'm used to having my 40 hour guarantee and I'm used to having all this. Unfortunately, in some circumstances, depending on you and your situation, you might have to be a little more flexible on some of those factors because of just the way that the job market volatility is right now. By all means, if you have one offer that's offering guaranteed hours and the other one's not, you might lean toward the one that has guaranteed hours. But if it's only 32 hours guaranteed, that seems to be kind of the norm right now. Yeah, and sometimes you can negotiate that. Um, there might be situations where a facility is offering 20 hours or 30 hours, and you might be able to negotiate 40 hours, even if the pay is lower. Maybe that's more important to you, having the guaranteed hours. For us, that would be more important. We would rather have guaranteed hours than really high pay if there was a had to choose between the two. So sometimes you can use that in your negotiations to try to get higher guaranteed hours. Sometimes they will not budge on that at all. It really depends on the facility itself, not even necessarily the travel company. Yeah. So just as kind of a summary here, things are looking better in a lot of ways, but they're still not back to normal by, by any means. Um, you know, the job numbers are still maybe at that 50% range for PT and OT. They're really good for SLP. They're about the same as they were about a month ago, but they haven't gone down, so that's good news. Um, guaranteed hours, still not back to normal, but trending upwards. Pay, still not back to normal, but we are fortunately seeing more people get placed. And what this tells us is the competition level is down a little bit. So we're definitely seeing even assistants getting placed. We're definitely seeing even new grads getting placed. We're seeing current travel therapists be able to pick up contracts. But I think a common theme here is the people who are getting placed have become more flexible in order to get placed. Yeah, and the very good news here, January of this year, uh, this past month, we had more people placed, uh, people that we mentor, than any month since February of last year. So it's picking up, things are definitely getting better. Um, like Whitney said, 50% based on prior to PDPM and PDGM um, in terms of the job market, but in reality, PDPM, PDGM permanently changed the job market. It, you know, we're probably, it's gonna be a while before we go back to any of those numbers. So uh, you re we really should be comparing more to like January, February, and in that case, we're probably at about 75% of where we were. That's prior. a really good point. 
Um, but in terms of, you know, if you're looking at being one of those travelers who is fortunate to get placed, who is fortunate to have back-to-back -back contractors be, er, contracts, because let's be honest, if you're thinking about jumping into travel therapy, you don't want to know if there's just going to be one job that you're going to get one time. You want to know if there's going to be consistency. Like, do I leave my permanent job right now? Or if I'm a new grad, do I leave the security of just living with mom and dad for a few months and taking a permanent job to jump into the travel therapy world or is it going to be too volatile like is it not going to be worth it fortunately um, we think that it is going to be worth it for most of you as long as you're flexible as long as you go into it knowing okay i need to have a few state licenses i need to work with a few different recruiters I need to be at least open to a couple states and a couple different settings. And I need to be able to understand where the job market is right now in terms of the pay that's being offered and the guaranteed hours that are being offered. If you're willing to be flexible on most of those factors, and again, this is gonna depend on your experience. If you're an all-star candidate, if you have like home health experience and many years of experience and your resume is stellar, you know, you might be at the top of the stack of resumes to get every single travel job you want but some of you guys might be newer graduates or you might only have experience in one setting or you might be a little more picky on one thing. If you listen to any of our videos in the past, you know that we always talk about if you're gonna be more picky on one area, you have to be more flexible on another. Yeah, and to add to all that, if you're on the fence right now, you're thinking about taking your first contract, you're thinking about leaving your secure permanent job, um, I think you can, you know, nothing is ever certain, but I think there's no reason at this point to believe that the market will not continue trending upwards. Now that we're through January, I think that was the big question mark. Um, but since that really didn't hurt the market much, we're continuing to see upward movement in terms of job numbers and fewer travelers and things like that. I think it's probably a safe bet, but you always have to take all the considerations into account. Absolutely. Um, a lot of what we're talking about here, uh, for those of you guys that have been keeping up with us on social media, you might know that we are about to release a comprehensive travel therapy course. And in our comprehensive travel therapy course, it's um, we're almost through with it. We should have it released later this week or next week. Um, we take you through step-by-step step how to be successful in getting started as a travel therapist. So if you're someone who has not started yet, we take you through and explain to you in depth in our travel therapy course on how to get started and how to be successful. And a lot of it has to do with these factors that we're discussing here today. Um, so if you're uncertain about getting into travel therapy and you feel like you need a little more guidance, definitely keep an eye out in the next week or so for our course that we're going to be releasing, if that would be of interest to you. The course also has a lot of information about finances, which separates it from any other course out there, uh, which I think will be very beneficial to a lot of you guys. It's 12 hours of content, um, probably about a quarter of that is mostly based on finance. So should be should be good information for a lot of you. Yep. So hopefully this gives you guys a better idea of where we're at right now as of February 2021 on the travel therapy job market, whether you're thinking about taking the leap and getting started in travel therapy or whether you're a current therapist who's thinking about continuing and where is the job market headed for your job search. One thing for current therapists, we, we always recommend, if you're in a good situation and it works out well for you, sometimes it's not a bad idea to extend your contract and try to ride out a good situation for a little longer. And you may even be able to negotiate a contract extension bonus for a place that you're already um, you know, trained in and you're doing well in. You may be able to sweeten the deal a little bit on a contract extension to make a little more money versus leaving that job and going into the unknown to switch to a new contract. If you're in a place that you enjoy, that you're, you know, you're on the fence about moving, uh, we always recommend extending. We always did that personally. If we were at a contract that we, we liked, uh, we would rather go with something, a sure thing, than risking it moving somewhere else. And like Whitney said, you can almost always get an extra dollar to maybe $3 an hour added onto your pay. Um, when you extend a contract. So that's, uh, that's a very good thing and a big incentive. Yeah. So we're going to go through some comments here, some questions. If you guys have any additional questions, please leave them in the comments. We'll read through the comments, answer all of your questions. Um, again, if you got any value out of this video, if you've been enjoying it, if you've learned anything, we would love if you'd hit the thumbs up button. You could also tag a friend in the comments if you feel like this would be beneficial information for them to hear or share the video or podcast with them. Um, if they're thinking about getting into travel therapy, hopefully this will give them some guidance on where to go this year. Yeah, so one other thing, we mentioned the course, we're trying to get that out to beta testers tomorrow. So we've got our beta testers set up, we're gonna send that out to them. So it's gonna depend on how long it takes them to get through and we get feedback and testimonials and things like that and then we'll get it released. One other thing I wanna mention though, is we're gonna be doing our biggest giveaway ever on Instagram soon. Um, 
Should I say what it is? No, let's hold off and surprise them. But right, we well, did we did just do one giveaway, and we decided we're gonna go big or go home and do another one really soon. So hopefully later this week we'll have more. We recently hit 10,000 followers. We reached out to some companies to try to sponsor a giveaway. One of them was slow to get back to us. Uh, so we had already done the giveaway and then they got back to us. So now we're doing a bigger Full giveaway. Full disclosure, that's why we're doing a second yeah. giveaway. Why not? Yeah. So stay tuned for that giveaway. If you're not already following us on Instagram, it's at Travel Therapy Mentor. That's where we will be doing the giveaway. So stay tuned for that. It's gonna be one that you're gonna be really interested in yeah. um, as a therapist. But yeah, as a summary of everything that we've talked about here, the job market is still volatile. It's still not quite back where it was, but we feel like it's steady out it's a little more stable than it was before it's definitely not a bad time to get into travel therapy you just need to take into account the factors that we've discussed tonight so let's read some comments we'll answer your questions and uh help you guys out uh we'll probably start at the top i think there was a lot of responses to yeah there, uh, we'll start at the top there we uh had some questions about the job numbers and everything i saw come through All and right. again if you have any additional questions just leave them in the comments now Okay. Where did you stop? Um, so yeah, I responded to Leah and Rory and Naya. Um, Anki says she's thinking about jumping back into travel therapy. That's awesome. I think it's probably a good time now. Things are getting better. Okay, let's see what other questions that we have here. I know there were several that came through. Thank you guys. There's so many people joining in live tonight. Thank you for joining. Okay. Um, she says, currently I'm in an MSOT program doing my field work number two, and then I will get into travel. That's awesome. Nice. Hopefully by then, uh, the market will be a lot better. Joey says, starting my first assignment next Monday. Thanks, guys. We helped Joey get set up at a job that we've actually worked at before, so yeah. we're super excited for Joey. That should be a really good to job. To start his travel therapy journey. Okay, so someone asked here, Nomadicare has a current list of 133 positions updated today, so maybe some of these positions are outdated, question mark. Well, so the thing about it is not every company has all the same jobs. So, you know, let's say it's somewhere between 80 and 150. Um, if you aggregate all the jobs from all the companies, it's probably even higher than that if you take all of the various companies, if that makes sense. So let's say one company has 20 jobs that another company doesn't have, and you add all of those together. So yeah, if you aggre aggregate all the jobs, it's probably even higher than the numbers we gave. But yeah. if you're working with just one company, you can't really expect right now to have more than probably 100 or 100 and 130 jobs uh, for PTs. Yeah, so if you're looking at a job list like Nomadicare's that uh, compiles jobs from different companies, you can't necessarily say whether those numbers are accurate or not that we talked about because we asked each individual company how many jobs they had as an individual. Um, so I'm sure their list is not outdated. I'm sure they yeah. keep it up to date on a daily basis. And speaking of job lists, if you guys are interested in just what's available, we have a hot job list on our website. If you go to TravelTherapyMentor.com at the top of the page, um, there's a hot job list. I can't remember how many jobs are on there, but we probably have close Today, to... Today, there were 89. So it's not all the jobs by any means, but we just get some of the better jobs that we see and post them on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we um, we only ask for a handful of jobs um, because if we listed every job that every company sent us, we Two would have consuming. hundreds on there. But we ask for between 5 and 20 hot jobs from each company, and today we had 89. Okay. Gary says, um, I have my first SLP interview tomorrow. I'm a new traveler looking in Southern California. Well, you should be in good shape as an SLP. Um, in in California, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Southern California jobs. Gary, you are in high demand, so I hope that your interview goes great. Yeah. And as always with your interviews, Gary, remember, if you're in high demand, they're going to be practically begging you to come there. Most likely, I mean, unless it's San Diego, they might have quite a few candidates, but they're going to probably be begging you to come there. So for everybody watching, if you get into a job interview, make sure you have a list of questions prepared to ask them so you can decide if it's a good fit for you or not, because you don't just want to jump on it because they really want you there. And that's extremely important on your first contract. All right. Rosie says, I just took the MPTE this morning. Congratulations, Rosie. I hope it went well. Yeah. Um, I'll find out on the 16th. So hopefully you passed, Rosie. Okay, Nick says, oh goodness, I'm late. That's okay, Nick, better late than never. Um, he was doing a chest workout. Hey, that's worth it, Nick. You know what? That seems like an important thing to be doing. Yeah. Um, I've been trying to find gems in Mexico and it's been, been one time. difficult. So we've been one time in 10 days and I'm feeling really small. I do have my yoga mat that now though, so we should go out on the balcony and do some, maybe some push-ups or something, I don't know. Okay, um, Rosie says after she finds out if she passes, she's going to start searching for travel jobs. Awesome. Okay, Gary wants to know if you... This is a good question. Okay. If you carry your own health insurance, can you expect a higher wage and how big of a difference might it be? So, 
My understanding here, uh, I did some research on this a few years ago. I think that it is illegal for a company to pay more money if you turn down benefits. That's my understanding um, based on some uh, experts I talked to. Now, I do know that there's companies that will pay you more money if you turn down benefits. I think that is not legal, but I'm not sure. So uh, if they offer it and they'll give you more money, I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, I mean, it's not on you if they pay you more money. Uh, if anybody would be at fault, it would be the company. But there are some companies that will pay you more and there are some that will not budge on that because yeah, I think it really depends on their legal department and that kind of, that kind of thing. But I think in general, you're gonna at least make slightly more because most of the time they'll quote you the pay packages based on pre-insurance. So like if we got quoted a pay package back, you know, a lot of travel jobs we took, maybe it was 1,700 a week. And then that was before insurance. And then when our insurance deduction came out, it might only be like $25 a week or something like that, which is like $100 a month. So we would probably make about $100 a month more in that situation if we didn't take it. But who knows? Yeah, you're almost always going to make a little bit more, but it's not going to be a massive amount. Yeah, it's just going to vary by company. But definitely ask your specific recruiter about that contract and that um, pay package. Okay, so Cody and Nick are carrying on a conversation about workouts. their workout plans. We That's okay. We're for it. We are for it. Okay, thank you so much, you guys. There's so many people tuning in. Okay, Naya said in response to the nursing bill rates, um, she said that her roommate makes six thousand dollars a week. Yeah, I wish we could make six thousand dollars a week. In the heart of COVID, <laughs> like uh, March and April timeframe, when everything was haywire, there were some nursing jobs that were like eight to ten thousand a week. It was just. It's been wild. So. It's insane. Um, Good time to be a respiratory therapist or a nurse if you yeah. want to make a lot of money. Unfortunately, the hospitals are prioritizing those disciplines that are in life-saving positions, and we get that, and we feel that they deserve it. Um, yeah, for sure. We obviously feel like therapists deserve it too, but um, it's just depending on what the hospitals and the facilities are deciding to pay. Yeah, if they pay a lot of money, we'd never turn it down, but you know. Yeah. And we saw a handful. We saw a handful of crisis COVID jobs for therapists, but not as many as we would have liked to see. Okay, Megan says, as a coda, it's been very frustrating knowing that my nursing friends make so much. Yeah. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. Okay. All right, Megan says, today was my very first day of my first travel contract. Awesome, Megan. I hope it went well. I was informed today that I would be in the COVID unit all day, every day. Um. So. There are some situations, I mean, hopefully you knew about that beforehand, uh, had some idea, but yeah, I mean, there's some travel jobs that are specifically COVID. Um, a lot of the jobs right now aren't. It depends on where you're working, what setting and everything, but hopefully you had some heads up beforehand. Um, and that's definitely something the manager should have talked to you about prior to, prior to starting. Yeah, so definitely that's a very important question to ask right now, given the COVID situation. If you're interviewing for any kind of inpatient setting, whether it's a skilled nursing facility, if you're doing home health visits, if you're working in a hospital, ask if you're working with COVID patients directly. And, you know, this might lead you to asking if there's any hazard pay, and it would definitely lead you to asking if they are going to provide full PPE. So those yes. are some important interview questions. So Nikolai says, even with the pay being lower, I'm still making 20 to 40% more than my classmates in a perm position. So I feel very grateful. I'm in home health and mileage reimbursement is really what makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, the pay is, hold on, thank you. Um, the pay for travelers is always much higher. And, and it's not just travelers that have been hurt by COVID. We, we know a lot of outpatient PTs that, are, that got pay cuts and sniff PTs that got pay cuts. So it's not just travelers. Um, I think you're still gonna come out ahead as a traveler if you're working more than probably 40 weeks a year, or in some cases, even 35 weeks a year, you're probably going to come out ahead. Yeah. So. And we can't forget the other benefits of being a travel therapist. There's so many other benefits. Um, I think the main thing right now, the main concern for a lot of people is just with the market volatility is if they take the risk to jump into travel therapy, are they going to be able to maintain consistent work and consistent paychecks? Because there are situations where if you're committing to moving all the way across the country, for example, and your contract gets canceled and there's no next contract lined up, you might come out behind financially. And we definitely don't want you to be in that situation. So as long as you're doing those things to kind of hedge your risk by maintaining multiple state licenses, working with multiple companies, being a little bit flexible on different settings, then hopefully you'll be able to maintain consistent work when you desire to have consistent back-to-back -back work or when you need to have consistent back-to-back -back work so you'll have those um, consistent paychecks. Yep, Ali says, I've been working PRN 40 hours a week for almost five months now. Um, PRN jobs are, I mean, if you have a PRN job back home between contracts, that is ideal. And especially, we know some travelers that have several PRN jobs back home, and they can take time between contracts, go home, work like 50 hours a week, and make more than they did as a traveler. So 
Um, if you can negotiate a high PRN rate, that can be hard to beat. Yeah, and many of you guys who follow along with a lot of our videos know that we took a PRN job um, for about three months at the end of 2020 leading into 2021. And with that particular facility, it was actually a private practice outpatient and they needed staff and normally, and under normal circumstances, they probably would have hired a traveler, but they were trying to avoid hiring a traveler, one, to save some money, and two, because of the unpredictability of their caseload. So when the opportunity arose and we asked them if they needed PRN help, they jumped at it. And yeah. they almost had us working full caseloads, like almost 40 hours some weeks. I worked 40 hours one week, and I made more as a PRN outpatient PT than I did as a travel PT. So, you know, it depends on your rate and what you can negotiate. And so that was a circumstance in this job market where we saw firsthand that some facilities are doing PRN instead of doing a traveler because they're just not sure what their caseload is going to be. And so if you find yourself in a similar situation where you're not sure, if you have a good PRN offer could be worth it for a little while for a few months until you know we can for sure say the travel job market is a lot better but either way I think the job market is definitely getting better I think your risk is a lot less now getting into travel therapy than it was three four months ago but that's, yep. a, that's an option and as the competition decreases um, there's more jobs less travelers looking the pay rates are gonna come back up it's just a matter of time yeah Okay, Lala says, I told my RN friend not to rub it in, and then she proceeded to show me her invoice for one day of work, which was over 3000 That's, That's crazy. crazy. 12-hour uh, shifts in California at a high bill rate can be insanely profitable. Yeah, for nurses especially. Yeah. Um, Megan, in terms of, she was discussing earlier about her contract where she found out she's going to have to work COVID. She says, I was told on the interview that there was a possibility of floated o floating over to the COVID unit if needed on days when census was low. Yeah, that's a bad situation. Um, it depends on your, your comfort level with that. Obviously, talk to your recruiter about it. Talk to the, the, um, the manager there about it. If there's anything they can change or adjust where maybe you're only there part of the time or something like that. Um, but a lot of it comes down to how bad do you need the job because you know, if it's something where you can walk away and find another job, that might be, you know, if you, you really can't put up with it, that might be okay. But right now with the job market tough, that can be a, a really hard decision to make. Yeah. So good luck with that, Megan. I hope it goes okay. Um, and then just keep in mind too, there are a lot of people working on COVID units day in and day out, um, yeah. you know, the permanent staff and, and people in hospitals. And so it's not, it's not so bad, but it is a bummer if that's not exactly what you were expecting. Yeah. yeah it needs to be something you, you agreed to up front. Absolutely. Okay, a few more questions here. Again, if you guys have any more questions, please leave them in the comments. Um, Nick says, I'm starting my next contract in Arizona in March. I'm excited for the warm weather. We yeah. hear you, Nick. We are enjoying the warm weather here in Mexico. It's been awesome. Um, I saw on, in, uh, in our hometown on Sunday, it's supposed to get down to three degrees at night. And here it's 85 tomorrow. So <laughs> we, we like to hear a lot better. All right, Johnson says, what do you think about just doing one contract? I'm not sure if it's a lifestyle that I want to sustain, but I just want to try it and see where it takes me. Just try it. I mean, uh, I, I would have a feeling that you would get hooked on it, especially if you have a good experience in your first contract. Um, but a lot of people just take it contract by contract. You can always just do one, see how you like it, make a decent amount of money, take some time off, reassess. If you want to settle down and take a permanent job, do it. If you want to keep traveling, do it. Yeah. Um, and that's a good part about being a traveler is when every contract ends, you know, uh, you have all the options in the world. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I think you just have to think about um, finances in this situation. So if you take one contract and it's within driving distance of home and you've really not lost anything, you know, you can just come right back home and resume a permanent job fairly quickly. I think it's the people who decide, oh yes, I'm gonna get started travel therapy, doing travel therapy contracts back to back to back. So I'm gonna move all the way across the country, say if they're from the East Coast, they go all the way to California. And then within like three weeks, their contract gets canceled. And they're like, God, I moved to California and now I don't have money and now I can't find another contract. And then they've lost a lot of money in that situation. So as long as you feel financially secure in whatever that first contract is, to commit to it, to move there. Yeah, dip your toe in, try it. Worst case scenario, after 13 weeks, go back home, get a regular job. Exactly. <laughs> um, Ryan says, I'm expecting you guys to be wearing sombreros on the next live stream. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know about a sombrero, but I do need to get one of those like straw hats or something because my nose has been getting burnt out on the beach. So. Yeah, Jared's been not using sunscreen, which is not good. Okay. Um, 
I'm sorry, I don't know how to say your name, Migdalia says, looking to get back to travel later this year in the fourth quarter. I expect the market to increase by the end of the year. Yeah, by the fourth quarter, uh, I mean, I think almost everybody will be vaccinated by then, or at least a large majority of people. Um, I think the market will be much better. Yeah, we are very hopeful. Um, one of our recruiters who has been a little more um, reluctant to be very positive, I would say, he's kind of consistently said, ah, the market's really not that much better, guys. I'm not, I don't have that much good news to tell you. His prediction was third quarter is when he thought it was really going to start to bounce back. But he's been kind of, um, what's the stock market term? Bearish or bullish? I forget. Uh, he's been very bearish. He's been very bearish on the travel therapy Negative job on market. the travel therapy job um, So his prediction was third quarter. Okay. Oh, Nick says his request for our next podcast is he wants to see us do the next podcast after between, <clears throat> drum roll please, 12 and 27 shots of tequila. Nick, if there were 12 to 27 shots of tequila, I would be dead. <laughs> I would say I had about six shots worth of tequila today, so uh, I, was, I was close. That was several hours ago. It was several hours ago. <laughs> I had zero shots of tequila today, guys. Okay. Um, Naya says, this was awesome. Thank you, Naya. Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Ryan says, the job market is more volatile, but I need some CEUs. They're so expensive. If only there was a discount code that I could use. I think Ryan's trying to plug our MedBridge discount code, which, thanks, Ryan. We'll plug our MedBridge discount thanks, code. Ryan. Which is Fifth Wheel PT. If anybody else needs expen uh, not expensive CEUs. Where we get all of our CEUs. MedBridge.com, <laughs> Fifth Wheel PT promo code. Add. <laughs> okay. Um, Gary has another question. Gary says, what's the minimum margin that an agency is willing to make per hour? Recruiters like to often indicate that they have no wiggle room to move on. So this is a very timely question. Um, we just had a conversation about this uh, and it's not, there's no simple answer here. There's a lot of nuance. It depends on the size of the company. It depends on if you're talking pre-tax or post-tax. Um, so a lot of people that we've talked to in general, it's going to be somewhere between 18 and 25%, but that's their actual margin. So that is not just taking what you're making per hour and what they're making per hour and dividing those numbers. That's not going to be that margin. That's probably closer to 30% because they have to account for their overhead. They have to account for, um, employee taxes on your behalf, unemployment insurance, uh, workers comp. They have to pay for all those things on your behalf. So they don't count that as their margin. They count that as like operating expenses. So it depends on if you're looking at a, uh, a gross number and it depends on what expenses you're taking into account with that number. But it's gonna be anywhere between 18 and 30%. And almost always they do have some wiggle room. Um, it might not be a huge amount, maybe 20 or $30 a week. You know, No good recruiter is going to be able to give you an additional $50 per week because that just means they were holding money back in the first place. So ideally they're giving you probably their close to their best offer right up front. And there might be a little bit of wiggle room there, but it should not be a big change if you're working with a good recruiter. Gary, if you're wanting to learn more about the behind the scenes stuff here, and if anybody who's listening wants to learn more about how pay packages are created, we would really encourage you to go on our website at traveltherapymentor.com and read some of our very in-depth articles about how pay packages work so you can understand where the money goes when it comes from what's called the bill rate, where the hospital or the facility offers this bill rate, and then what has to come out of that for you to finally get your pay package. It's not as simple as meets the eye. And we have as, an article, I think it's called like, what is a bill rate or something like that, and it talks about uh, percentages and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and there's also another really good article um, from an older blog website that Jared learned a lot about, uh, a lot from uh, when we first started, and it's called Blue Pipes, and they write a lot about travel nursing, but it helps us understand as therapists to kind of how the whole industry works, and they have one in there talking about the bill rate and, and why the travel therapy companies and the travel nursing companies don't usually disclose that bill rate. It's pretty complex what all has to come out of that. Like Jared said, they um, the bill rate is a, a no, an hourly number. It might be like $75 an hour. That's a gross number before taxes. From that, the travel therapy company has to take out taxes, self-employment taxes, all that stuff, or employment taxes on you. They have to pull out your insurance, all that stuff. Then they have to take their overhead. So I think the typical thing that we say is like their actual overhead is that 18 to 25%, but the actual amount of the bill rate they have to use for taxes and all that's a bit higher. So yeah. it's complicated and you definitely need to do more research if you want to understand the back end part of that. But the bottom line is, Gary, um, hopefully if you're working with honest recruiters who have been referred to you, you don't need to worry so much about whether they're taking advantage of you. 
because you're never really gonna know all the numbers exactly and you really shouldn't have to be checking behind them and saying, you know what, you're not paying me enough. You're, I, I ran these numbers and, and you're not, you know, it, I should be making this. If you honestly have a good recruiter who's been referred to you by someone else who has said, you know what, I've worked with this recruiter a long time, they're trustworthy and you feel as though you can trust them, they're not gonna hold back on you and they're gonna hopefully. give you their first, um, their best rate up front, hopefully. Yep. So that's a little bit about pay packages. Little spiel there. Okay, um, another question. Great information indeed. Such troubling times. I love to travel. Um, what's your Instagram again? Um, our Instagram again is at Travel Therapy Mentor. And that's where we post a lot of our pictures um, from our own travels. So I've been posting a lot of Mexico pictures. So if you're somewhere cold and you want to see our pictures of the beach, <laughs> add us on Instagram at Travel Therapy Mentor. And we'll be doing that giveaway soon. Um, what's the site address? So Naya might have been asking the about website, the website, probably. the other website. So our website obviously is TravelTherapyMentor.com. The other website I was talking about is called Blue Pipes. Um, and they have a lot of good articles talking about travel and nursing, but also it'll help you with understanding travel therapy pay as well. I feel like you guys are just, uh, <laughs> keep asking us to plug our own stuff. <laughs> Thanks guys. Yeah. Ads everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, a couple more questions. Um, do you have any information regarding international travel? Um, really timely question because, again, I've been posting about this a lot on Instagram because we get questions all the time. Are you guys traveling internationally for work? Um, we do have a guest post on our website at TravelTherapyMentor.com written by a therapist, um, an SLP, Tori, who works in Australia. Yeah. Tori works in Australia as a permanent SLP, but she wrote an article for us that talks you through what the processes would be that you would need to look into if you want to work in another country, which includes things like looking into their state um, laws or their, their country laws for their discipline. So like the physiotherapy board or the occupational therapy board, kind of like our APTA or our AOTA. You want to look up their companies or their countries. Regulations, you also have to look into their country's work visa requirements. You would want to look into language barriers, and then you would have to find companies that recruit for international. None of the companies that most travel therapists like ourselves work with recruit internationally. They only recruit in the United States. Yeah, there's only a couple companies that will recruit for international jobs. And what you have to remember there, it sounds wonderful. Uh, we get questions at least once a week on international travel. It sounds like it'd be an awesome thing to do. What you have to remember though, is there's a lot of hassle. So if you're going to do it, you wanna be, you, you don't wanna just go for there for three months. You probably wanna stay for like a year if you can possibly stay at a contract for that long. The other thing is, almost every single country pays a lot less than the United States for, for um, therapists. So you have to remember that you're gonna be going to a new country, you're probably gonna make significantly less than you would in the US as a travel therapist. And that just has to do with their reimbursement rates. Um, nationalized healthcare usually has lower reimbursement for therapists. So keep that in mind, you know, it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but for some people, you know, they might not expect to make less money going to a different country, yeah. but that's usually the case. After this video, I can link to that article that Tori wrote um, about international travel uh, jobs. And then I can also link to a video that we did um, last year at this time where we talked specifically about why we choose not to travel internationally. One other option I'll mention real quick is you could look into working on a U.S. military base where you would have less barriers because you don't have to get the work visa and all that. Yeah. It's just like working on a mini United States in another country. If you work on a base, you just go to USA.gov and look at the jobs on USA.gov. They're like government contractor jobs. So you'd be speaking English, you'd be making US dollars, you'd be working with American citizens, and you'd be making about the same as a permanent therapist. Yeah, honestly, if I was going to travel internationally, that's what I would do, is try to find a military base and then take weekend trips outside of there to you know explore the area. Yep. All right. A few more questions here. Thank you guys for all the engagement tonight. So many good questions. Um, Rosie says, it was very challenging talking about the, her physical therapy exam. In my opinion, harder than all the practice tests. Yeah, I think part of it is, you know, pressure. It makes it harder, but I'm sure you did well. Yeah. Hopefully you did well, and hopefully everybody else who took the NPT recently oh, also did well. He was talking about workouts. Oh, yeah. Hi, Kelsey. Uh, how's Mexico? Mexico's it's great. Wonderful. Thanks, Kelsey. Um, Gary says, it's negative nine here in Minnesota and I'm interviewing for a job in Palm Springs. No yeah. brainer. <laughs> yeah, I would get out of, uh, get out of Minnesota in the winter for sure. All right. Uh, let's see if there's any more questions, guys. 
Um, Gary says, definitely interested in your course. Thanks, Gary. We'll have information out about that really soon. Um, like I said, we are in Mexico, so we've been trying to balance out work and play, and we hope to have the, we had hoped to have the course done completely before we left. We had it about 75% done, and I think after today, we have it about like 95% done. So we're super yep. excited to release that in a couple weeks for you guys. So stay tuned on our website and our social media for that. All right, I think that's all the questions. That might be our longest video ever. You always say that. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's it's not nice. our longest video ever. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. We really hope that um, tonight was informative for you guys that are current travel therapists and for you guys that are thinking about getting into travel therapy. Again, the bottom line is the job market is not back to normal by any means, but it is steadily improving. And we do see it continuing to improve as we move forward in 2021. So it's definitely not a bad time to get into travel therapy. You just need to continue to be a little flexible and kind of know what you're getting into. So you have those realistic expectations when it comes to your job search. Yep. If you guys appreciate these videos, we are going to try to do monthly job market updates as things change. Um, we're not doing weekly videos anymore, probably every two weeks, uh, but it will just depend on you know our service and things as we're traveling. But please like the video. If you get value from this, let us know. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as we had mentioned in one of our recent videos and podcasts, we used to do our travel therapy mentor videos every single week, usually every single Sunday. As we're moving forward in the years and having done so many years of videos, we're not going to be doing them every single week anymore. Um, what I've been kind of doing this past month or so since 2021 is about every other week we're doing a live video and then every other week we're sharing an older video because we have two years, we have over a hundred videos. Yeah. And I know probably most of you haven't watched all 100 videos. So every now and then, um, maybe every other week or so, I'll share an older one and just kind of bring it back around and hopefully it'll be new information for a lot of you guys. And again, we're putting out this comprehensive course to be really your ultimate go-to resource for someone who's just getting started. We feel like this was something that was really needed and something that'll really bring a lot of value to our industry. So we're just switching up the types of content that we're doing, but we do plan to do these job market updates as long as you guys are getting value out of them. So let us know. Yeah. And if you guys want to laugh, scroll back to some of our very first videos. Uh, <laughs> they were pretty, pretty bad. I was looking back. I was like, man, uh, we've come a long way since then. Uh, they probably will look back at these oh, a yeah. year from now and yeah. be like, Oh my God, what were you thinking? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm so annoying now. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Shout out Jared. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you have a great night and we'll see you next time. Yep. See you later.